0: welcome in to dmbr fantasy tweet that out fellas welcome 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 that was a fun week of fantasy i'd say fun week um lots to get into here as always uh the wheel always churning on the running backs here um yeah so anyways lots to talk about lots to get ready for here um as week nine is in the books and we preview week 10. Does that sound right? That can't be right.
1: That is I think right. that's
0: right. I think it was, act- it was week 10 in college football, which threw me
2: off today when I was trying to go back and watch some of those games. Right. Right.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, time flies when you're having fun, I suppose. Okay. Now let's uh, start with some victory laps. Celebrate our best calls of the week guy. Go ahead. Uh, Winner's lap, your time to shine. What was your best call from last
1: week? Uh, oof. That's a tough one. I just had so many, you know. I say, I, I think we should go back to this debate about how we feel about the Broncos' defense. Um, mm-hmm. You're very adamant that the Broncos have a good defense, and mm-hmm. yet again, they prove that they are as stout as wet toilet paper against the pass there they gave up I think 283 passing yards in the first half alone in -hmm. the second half the Falcons didn't even need to pass the ball because they were up by so much they were just running the clock out but they surely would have given up more had the Falcons needed to pass the ball more Um, Drew Locke still played you know from a fantasy perspective he still got you points but in the first half he didn't uh, he didn't look so hot but Matt Ryan uh, he gave you a pretty good fantasy week there Honestly, this is one of those cases where it would have been better had the Broncos put up more of a fight. But, uh, you know, I think it was still usable there. This was a a pretty high-scoring week for quarterbacks in general. I was looking at Justin Herbert. He still finished as the number 10 quarterback, so technically top 10, technically a QB one. But he got you 23.4 points, which is, I mean, nobody's going to complain about that, right?
0: And then also uh, on that
1: quarterback theme, Josh Allen with that big comeback performance there. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's the Seattle Seahawks, and you would expect a get-right, bounce-back performance from a guy against Seattle. Uh, but that was huge. And that, you know, from a real-world perspective, that was a statement win for the the Bills, I think. Because uh, the Seahawks were looking like serious, like top of the NFC right there, uh, along with the Bucks who faltered, too. So I thought it was a really good week for Josh Allen, who we have... I wouldn't say slandered, but we've definitely, uh, you know, talked him down the past three or four weeks as he's been trending that way. But this was a a good redemption game for him.
0: Henry certainly has. And you were high on that, reminding listeners that that Seahawks defense is one you want to target in fantasy while Hank slandered. Um, Weird approach on your first take, though, since uh, you clearly lost that bet. Um, and How you're making the bet? same point I made about Justin Herbert a week ago. So very odd for you to jump the gun on eating crow in the winner's lap. But, yes, that was a good call <laughs> by Josh Allen. Second crow, highest scoring. Uh, hey, a bet's a bet, right? That's what you were saying last week. Second highest scoring quarterback in all of fantasy. 36 points. Very, very impressive. Needed that from Josh Allen, um, who, yeah, was in an absolute free fall. Henry, go ahead. What are you uh, celebrating today? What, what, what do you want to talk about on your winner's lap? I'll, uh, I'll talk about Antonio Gibson.
2: He has finally just solidified that job. And, like, mm. sure, the, it was only the 20 rushing yards, which isn't great. But he ran for a touchdown. He was productive in the passing game. And if you had him and you started him this week, you're pretty happy. And I don't think, I mean, I guess he did get the touchdown, but I really do think that he's kind of turned the corner to the point where he should be seen as somebody who is your starter week in and week out. And I hate that when I say that, I feel like that should have been the case probably like three or three weeks ago just because of how hard it is to find decent running backs. But the man has turned a corner, I think.
0: Yeah, and oddly, J.D. McKissick, who with nine receptions for 65 yards, scored really highly in uh, PPR leagues, outscored him on the week. So uh, still a bit baffling for that Washington football team backfield. But in a week where, you know, scarce running back options, which has been a theme all year, you could have done a lot worse than Gibson. I guess I shall go next. <laughs> My best call of the week, of course, was that Matt Ryan was not going to be a top 10 quarterback. He was. I, <laughs> no, he wasn't.: I'm looking so, at it right now. One, what th- is he? 12th. 12th or 13th, sir. Um, By
1: how much? and where are you getting your scoring metrics from? Because I'm showing him.: 22.36.
0: Drew Brees 22.68, Justin Herbert 23.44, Deshaun Watson 24.24, Cam Newton 24.56, uh, and so on and so forth. It was a high-scoring week for quarterbacks, unlike last week. So you know we've uh, we've split we split here. Uh, Matt Ryan is 12. Thank you to Cam Newton. Thank you to Drew Brees. Who in those primetime games? Because at the end of the sunday two o'clock games matt ryan sitting right there at the 10th spot and i'm i'm losing the bet because top 10 is top 10 10th still counts uh but then cam newton and drew Brees come through for me uh you know we should also mention matt ryan thoroughly outplayed by drew lock teddy bridgewater ben roethlisberger cam newton which was a pick i gave out um so there you go. Hey, hey you got to take those victories as they come. I also had a good call, as I always do, on Will yeah, Fuller. Outscored Russell
1: Wilson too, Jesus!
0: Isn't that crazy? Um, that's that's crazy, my friend. I will get to another quarterback he outscored, uh, kind of surprisingly, in when it's time for me to eat crow. Will Fuller, uh, Jamison Crowder, two guys that have done me well this week, uh, this year, did me well this week. Crowder almost didn't, but he gets that nice touchdown, which pulled it out. And I said, sneaky, if you need to start Wayne Gallman, I like Wayne Gallman the rest of the year. I like him. Darn it all, if it wasn't for Saquon, I would like him in keepers and dynasties even more. So there you go. Um, I could even say we had a heated argument about David Montgomery and what happened. All of a sudden, David Montgomery is... Touches vanish. <laughs> he
1: got injured. They didn't just all of a sudden vanish. He got injured. Oh, my God.
2: They vanished, though. And I would like to to just come back oh to God, what I was There's saying about Lamar standards Jackson right we are
1: got to rename this episode to the double standard episode.
2: I love Lamar Jackson, like I said, most average quarterback in fantasy oh. football. This week, quarterback Yo. 19. Couldn't quite keep up with guys like uh Tua Tagovailoa, joe flacco, joe flacco? Nick Stoles,
1: Jake Luton. <laughs> you
2: know you, it's, it's a pretty tough group right there and so tough you really bet. can't blame him for falling behind those guys he did just edge out
0: quarterback 20 tough garrett matchup. God, though. tough matchup henry you know that was a tough matchup yeah uh,
1: it doesn't matter if you're the reigning mvp to, like the matchup should be tough for the defense facing you right
2: <laughs> you would think
1: but that's instead, I, he is I mean. now
2: quarterback 13 on the year, actually moving up from quarterback 14 last week, um, also 13th in points per game. There is not much to like from a fantasy perspective. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's true. It's true. Poor Lamar. Yeah, you're right. I mean, if you drafted him where you drafted him, you, you were hoping to start him even when he'd face the lowly Colts who aren't so lowly anymore. Uh, okay. Okay. Time to eat some crow, uh, our favorite graphic of them all. Look at how gorgeous that is. You know, you might as well be eating Lamar Jackson. Uh, Lamar, Lamar might as well be the, the little crow symbol. You know, he's a raven, crow, basically the same thing. All right, I'll start with this one. Um, Derek Carr. Derek Carr against the Chargers offense. Raiders score a ton of points. On the Chargers. Derek Carr, though, only gets 14 points. That was a bad call by me. Certainly time to eat a whole lot of crow for that. I don't know what I was thinking going with Derek Carr. That was asinine. Uh, And then. (laughs) I mean, they
1: put up the points. He just isn't the one scoring them, which is great. It's a soft defense. It's scorable. It's just. Yeah, he just wasn't the one that got him. I don't know if it was that. That's not such a bad call. It's just unfortunate, I would say.
0: Hey, uh, got to eat crow for it regardless. Devontae Booker, who had him scoring 13 points this week in PPR formats? That was insane. The other thing I need to apologize about and uh, eat some crow for really thought it was time to jump ship on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then one of my preseason uh, favorite players, DJ Chark, goes off. Jake Luton looks half decent. James Robinson still a very viable fantasy guy so uh my apologies to the entire state of florida all of jacksonville right there so i would
1: say that has more to do with the texans d than it has to do with jake luton specifically i know james robin we know who james robinson is at this point after nine weeks um i guess eight if you count thereby but jake luton i mean that's his first start against what is honestly an atrocious defense so I don't know if I'm, like, a believer in him, so to speak, but I think that James Robinson has shown that he has staying power. Uh, DJ Chark, as someone who has him on a couple teams, I would like to believe that this is a sign of good things to come, but I'm still cautious. So that's all I'm saying. Is as, as much as I would like that to be true, that DJ Chark really showed us up and he's here to stay, I don't know if this is, like, you know, a flash in the pan or if it's something that's a sign of good things to come. So... That's
0: a fair point. And I would still advise to sell your stock on the Jacksonville offense, basically across the board, aside from Robinson, just because the running back position so weak, he's actually kind of carved out a role to where he, he probably should stay with him. Um But yeah, that's a fair point. Like, it's 10 to eat crow this week. But long term, that stake was that take was probably still uh fairly correct young Hank you have something to say
2: uh yeah I think that what we've seen from the Jaguars is that that offense is just incredibly talented and it really doesn't matter who you put at quarterback I think that we're seeing Jake Luton kind of get pulled up in the same way that Gardner Minshew for a significant stretch of time was pulled up by the talent all around him um and and there's like there's more to it than that. That's an oversimplification. But I do really like what's happening with the Jaguars long term. They just need to figure out the quarterback. Um, I'll eat crow now. And this is a a particularly embarrassing one because I went kind of soft on my picks as I oh. tend to do, saying you know who you should start, Tyler Lockett. Something that shouldn't need to ever be said, but I did say it anyway. And uh, he had four catches for 40 yards. So that's embarrassing. He
1: disappears, embarrassing. man. That's what I've been saying. If you say like Kaff is the number one wide receiver on that team. And Tyler Lockett, as good as he is, he disappears sometimes. And he's turning into that boomer bust type of player.
2: Yeah. But at the same time, like, what is he? He's, he's wide receiver five on the season. Like, yeah. if you have him, you're pretty happy. And uh, for him to have come in, I think even higher than that, yeah, he was wide receiver four coming into the week. And I called him to have a big week. A big week for him is like eighteen points. Yeah, and he was nowhere near that.
0: There's a uh, one point four points per game separating Lockett and DK Metcalf right now. That's gonna be a fun one to keep monitoring. That oh, See, I, I forgot about open. that bet. That, that is gonna be a fun one. Seahawks offense forget, worry me a little bit. Worrying me just a little bit, dude. That's Russell Wilson.
1: This was Russell Wilson's floor, and he still scored like what, twenty two points? From a fantasy perspective, I'm not worried about that offense. No, uh, I mean, no, DJ no, no. Dallas still had a decent game.
0: It's a perfect situation because they have to score a gajillion points.
1: Um, yeah, it's exactly no. what you want. Totally. And they have. They're very competent as well. Russ is like between. Oh, I'd say Russ and Kyler. Those are the the top two MVP candidates. Correct.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, door's still open for guys like Mahomes or Rodgers or what happened.
2: i I think you're going to see a big run from Aaron Rodgers. Now Devontae Adams is back? My goodness, I think that might be the best receiver in the NFL. And I he think he awesome. might be playing with he the awesome. best quarterback in the NFL. Like, he has been unstoppable since he came back, and I don't think that's going to go away.
0: Yeah, he – He's gonna have almost like stupid Michael Thomas style production. Um, Guy, eat some crow for us, will you?
1: Okay. Um,
0: (laughs) It's a fun way to phrase it.
1: Yeah, Uh, I do. (laughs) I do recall saying that I thought that Noah Fant would be the more productive of the receivers for the Broncos this week. He disappeared. Jerry Judy had a big one in his stead, and uh, Drew Locke really. Kind of uh, took away some opportunities by running the ball. So, with that running touchdown and 47 yards on seven carries, he took away some opportunities from a lot of guys last week. Yeah. Um,
0: the the O line took away a lot of opportunities from the running game and forced Locke to run. But yes, I mean your your points. Sure. I so.
1: mean the Seahawks have a bad O line, but that's not preventing anyone from running or passing or catching there in Seattle. <laughs> um. We did say that we thought I, going back to the Jags, we kind of pronounced them all dead, um, but they proved us wrong. So I guess we yeah. kind of have to all eat crow on that one. Yep. Uh, Juju had a big game as well, which I think that we were all pretty down on him, and it looks like he is back. I'm not entirely sure. This wow. is like two two games back to back, but you know, after what is that seven previous games where he didn't really do anything else? I guess six. I yeah, don't know, you're kind of right. right. It's, it's Football still a small, resuscitation? It's a small sample size, and you, of all people, know about small sample sizes and extrapolating <laughs> on that, but at the right. same time, I think it's something worth paying attention to, something worth noticing. So, um, yeah, I guess Juju Smith-Schuster showed us all up on that one. Um, That's a
0: good one to it. bring to light, Juju. Yeah, you're right, 17.5, 13.7, 21.3 the last three weeks, and uh, – I mean, we had pronounced him fantasy dead. We, uh, Henry, you know, broke out the old AP handbook and was writing that, uh, you know, R.I.P. to Juju, ju- the eulogy. Yeah, yeah I think that's the word you're
1: sure for was. There.
0: It was. Yeah, you know you.
2: who looks incredible on that offense, though, Deontay Johnson. Yeah. You know, I had kind of put him in a box as being one of those like gadget guys who you find a way to give him the ball. And let him go make some plays. But he has turned into like an actual very good receiver. Like the route running, the ability to create separation, going, catching footballs. On top of what he did before, uh, Deontay Johnson is going to be real special, I think.
0: Yeah, they had three wideouts over 14 points in uh, PPRs with him, Juju, and uh, Claypool. I should mention, we should circle back. I'm glad you brought up the Steelers. Um, James Conner. I thought was going to light it up against the Cowboys.
1: Oh, that whole game was confusing. Ceedee Lamb had a good game too. And yeah. we pronounced basically everyone on the uh, Cowboys dead, although Zeke still remaining uh irrelevant. But yeah. uh CD Lamb had a good game, which mm-hmm. I guess we all have to eat crow on that one too. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, that was Oh, uh... and also
1: I I had the wrong D Johnson running back there in uh, Houston. Uh, I think what I might have said was David Johnson, but what I really meant was Duke Johnson. You guys might have misheard me mm. on that one. So That's I right. definitely, I definitely, a hundred percent called the Duke Johnson game this week.
0: Now you need to pat yourself on the back for the Houston Texans wide receivers oh, because God. we said we like them at all tiers, right? And you were big on uh, Cooks. Didn't Cooks have a nice day? He um, did,
1: but so did Will Fuller.
0: Will Fuller did. That's. Texans Jaguars play, you are starting everyone on those offenses. Note to self, okay? Note to self. Um, Question
1: Is that the week 17 game? Houston Texans and Jacksonville Jags.
0: No, they've played twice already, sadly.
1: They have? Oh, damn.
0: It's the only two wins the the Texans have. (laughs) Oh, Bills. I'm thinking Bills
1: Dolphins. That Bills Dolphins game, week 17. That's going
0: to be a good one.
1: But um, in the context of our bet, our season-long bet on the receivers, I mean, I think you're you're pretty well ahead right now with Will Fuller. But one injury can derail uh, anything for any of these guys. Yeah. But it's pretty I'm impressive how play. they're all they're both producing. The two of them, and then it's also very impressive that Hank manages to get another call wrong here, and he has the field. You do no, no comment from Henry. Hank. <laughs> That's it.
0: No, no. Um, uh, as henry thinks through hey, that call him? we are going to go and do some buy or sell which uh for us look <laughs> at look at this one look at that oh, wow how great is that um i mean mad money that's like my vibe for sure so i love that well done producer and your uh,
1: your cousin there that's his, yeah, Dr. his Dr. vibe too, too right? right that's he his runs in the family
0: I would agree. Uh, what do you guys want to start with? Some buys or some sells? How about some buys? Yeah.
1: yeah. Positive. No. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Are we, are we, I had this revelation. Am I buying Travis Fulgham in keepers and dynasties? He didn't play this week, <sighs> but like, is he here to stay regardless of what happens with Alsh- Alshon and uh Deshaun Jackson and, Goodwin comes back. And I think it's, it's more predicated on healthy. Carson
1: Wentz. Yeah. I hate the way Carson Wentz is playing football right now, but Travis Fulgham is still producing somehow, man.
0: He's amazing. I like know. and and he's it's still undervalued call. for a guy that's really like killing it. Which this is, is like why the he might be a nice target in those
1: four. I know. But it's this yeah. is also like this seems like the ultimate like you know two, three seasons down the road, everyone's going to look back and be like, oh, I can't believe you thought Travis Fulgham on the Eagles was going to be good. What were you thinking? Yep. Or, wow, how did you not see the sample size and understand that he was going to be one of like the top 10 receivers?" This right. is like the, the fork in the road right here either goes through these very dark and dangerous woods or it goes right up to that magnificent castle. And mm-hmm. it's just like, you have to choose. You don't know which way it's going to go. You yeah. know
0: who I've, I don't like it. Miles Au- Miles Austin, you guys remember him with the Cowboys? Oh, my he God, was like yeah. that. He was like that. He breaks out midway through his like breakout season. Mm-hmm. Had a couple decent years, but then that was it, you know. Um Des Bryant came along and it just ended pretty quickly. So I worry fulgham's that, but if he's this guy and if he's like a top 10 wide receiver for the next 5 years and I can buy him at the price of like a top twenty-five receiver. I really like that.
1: Here's I my thing. I really is, like that. So if you look at teams like the Steelers, like they they have a very definitive like identity. Yeah. And you can kind of see like when we map out like okay, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, like you can see exactly how they're going to finish that mm-hmm. offense. Even if Ben Roethlisberger goes, you still understand like how they're going to work on that offense and how Mike Tomlin's going to run that team. I think that the identity of The Philadelphia Eagles as a team right now is way too much in flux. Like, we don't know how Carson Wentz is going to perform. And if he, for some reason, leaves the team, whether by trade or getting cut or whatever it is, and they bring in a new quarterback, you don't know how that's going to change that whole offensive system because it's built around him. They have all these different wide receivers, young, old, whatever. They've got a running game that kind of is trying to you know, define its identity as well. I think there's too many pieces in flux to really – Look into the future the same way that you would with other teams, and say Travis Fulgham will be this role with this team, and you know see this much production consistently in the future, the same way you could for Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, guys like that on another team.
0: Let me give you guys a couple conundrums: in keeper or dynasties, Fulgham or Juju Smith, Schuster,
1: Juju Fulgham,
0: really. See,
2: yeah. I just.
1: Uh, because I, I of the I lack of competition. Juju has Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. He also has we're like both another decade of his of
2: career, game. though. Like, I think odds are within two or three years, everything has kind of shifted. And I just feel like in those sorts of shifts, somebody like Juju Smith Schuster gets prioritized, whether by the Steelers or wherever he goes. Whereas a guy like if Travis Slugum just seems like
1: crazy.
2: he gets lost in the wash wherever he is i just picked like a random year i just went back like three years and went through week nine guys who were ranked right around where uh fulgham is at wide receiver 25 and so like wide receiver 24 paul richardson you know 26 Ted Ginn jr 28 devin funchess uh 33 jermaine curse and so i just feel like there are a lot of those guys who have like a little bit of time and like who knows maybe he does stick but
0: I for average points, fantasy points per game, he's in PPRs. He's wide receiver five right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah, his per
0: game is different.
2: Yeah. When you look through, only a couple of those guys missed time. So that's why. And
0: I I think I'd go Fulgham too because it goes back to what you were saying. If the quarterback's what scares you off about Fulgham, then Big Ben's only got another year or two max in him. So I, I give the advantage to Fulgham. But it's an interesting question. Uh DJ Moore, Folgum.
1: Folgum, easy. DJ Moore like they But
0: coming into the year DJ Moore, we were ranking him like tw- wide receiver 12, I know, man.
1: But he's completely underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Like he's had maybe mm-hmm. two good weeks. Like one was mediocre yes, and yes. one was like right. good. And then after that, they've been bad, bad, bad. And he's just like he's even getting targets. Like he just doesn't look like he's a part of that offense. And that offense is performing well, man. Like Mike Davis is producing. Christian McCaffrey, as soon as he steps back on the field, is producing. Robbie Anderson is like what? He's like the wide receiver like 10 or 11 right now. And he just joined yeah. that team.
0: Yeah.
1: Like DJ yeah, Moore is just Henry. getting left in the dust. And it's not the fact that the offense as a whole is underperforming. He's just not yep. part of the game plan, it feels mm-hmm. like. So, yeah, I'd way rather yeah. have Travis Fulgham than DJ Moore at this point. Completely agree. Yeah.
0: Not that I mean, D.J. Moore
1: doesn't have talent. He just doesn't look like he's involved. I don't know why. I think everyone's confused as to why. Yeah, he had I mean, a couple
0: good weeks, but they're spreading the wealth for sure.
1: Yeah. And I,
2: I feel like this is just a thing that happens. Like, the de- development isn't linear. Like, it's still a guy who's one year removed from being a 22-year-old who put up almost 1,200 receiving yards. And again, I, when you have good, sustained production like that over the course of a season – I just trust that so much more, even if he has taken a step back this year, than Travis Fulgham, who is is a flash in the pan as of right now. I I understand going with Fulgham, but I just don't think I could do it.
0: No, I mean, and either sides of these, you could make an argument for value in these keeper dynasty leagues. Um, What about Fulgham or Cortland Sutton?
2: I mean, you got to go Sutton, right?
1: Like, you got to go Sutton.
0: Unless you're in win-now mode.
1: Yeah. That's so tough. I, It's very hard for me to, like, extricate my yeah. fandom from this. But just looking at the weapons on the Broncos' offense, Fan, Judy, Hamler, Albert O is actually decent. You know, obviously he tore his ACL, but he'll be back. You've got Lindsay and you've got Gordon and now Drew Locke is able to move the ball with his feet as well. That's a lot of competition for Cortland Sutton. Mm-hmm. When the Golden? ball you're only gonna run so many plays in a game and Cortland Sutton's only gonna get so many chances. He's he's got a lot of real world talent, but if you look from a fantasy perspective, that's a lot of competition, man. Whereas if you look at Philadelphia, that's a real changing of the guard in terms of offensive weapons there. Like Deshaun Jackson, he's pretty much done. Alshon Jeffrey, pretty much done. Um, JJ arcega Whiteside really hasn't done anything. No, he's anything. doing nothing. I mean, so really, you basically, you've got Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and then uh, what's his name? Uh, Jalen Rager. And between Miles Sanders and Jalen Rager, they've battled a lot of injuries. Jalen Rager hasn't really proven himself yet either. And they play different yeah. roles. Oh, no, I don't know, man.
0: I would lean Sutton, I'd but it depends guard. on what situation you're yeah. in. But the fact that we're having these conversations for wide receivers that were firmly in the top 15 preseason, I think, is noteworthy. Um, I could throw two more out in Amari Cooper, Allen Robinson. I want some speedier an- answers here. Either of those that you, Can would you say like I'd take Allen Robinson. By a landslide in my mind. Like, if that man isn't going for
2: 1,200 yards a year, he should be demanding a trade. Like that's, I feel like that is where he is at at this point in his career. Who's I think this? you'd be pretty crazy to not go Sutton.
1: You said but, he's played one. The full new ones season. like Amari
2: Cooper. I I would take Amari Cooper. Like I'm just not in on Travis Fulgham. I think is what we're learning here. Yeah,
0: no, we are learning that, and yeah. that's okay. And um, you're
1: learning that about yourself. I would take Allen Robinson over Travis Fulgham, but I would take Travis Fulgham over Amari Cooper.
0: And of course, if I were to trade Amari Cooper, I'd be trying to milk more than just a straight up for sure. But if you're asking me deep down, yep, if both Um, are like
1: on the waiver wire and I can only take one of them, then I'm taking Travis Fulkin personally. And
0: I I love that this got us going. So, and I remind you, we're back to buy or sell, even though I I detoured into would you rather. I'm getting notes (laughs) from production from that, and I appreciate it. Uh, (laughs) Henry, before we get back to some more juicy buy or sells. You have a shout-out to make. Special shout-out from Henry today on the show. Uh-oh. I sure do. Our good friends how over funny. at DraftKings Sportsbook. Oh. Wow.
2: You scared me for a second there, though, Dre. Even though You're you like, told I you do me specifically, a this is how we were going to do it, that you were just going to toss it to me just like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was shook. I was no, like, no, who no, are no, we shouting you. out? <laughs> 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 Didn't I like thinking through like, the comments? Do we help somebody with a trade or something? No. We're shouting out the people who... Made my weekend so much fun, making so much money on Pac-12 football, DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, This Sunday is going to truly be a Sunday like no other. With this weekend's major golf tournament, along with both professional and collegiate football, there will be no shortage of action. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, wants to put you in the center of the action with so many different ways to make it rain. If you haven't tried the app yet, head to the App Store now because you do not want to miss this. To celebrate Sunday's action, DraftKings is ensuring all new users are covered up to $100. That's right. You bet they cover with risk-free Sunday betting on all of Sunday's action. This weekend, like I said, there's plenty of action to get in on, so head to the app now to start making it rain. On top of those great sign-up offers, DraftKings will have special promotions and odd boosts every day of this year's tournament in Augusta, Georgia. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't miss offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is ensuring your Sunday bets up to $100. That's right. You bet and they cover up to $100 when you use promo code DNVR during sign up. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 or older Colorado only risk-free coverage paid out in site credits. Restrictions do apply. See draftkings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 4700
1: God, we got leaves changing colors, snow starting the fall, pumpkin spice everything. Doesn't that just make you think the Masters at Augusta?
2: <laughs> it's gonna be so weird. Like, like it. There is a very really real good. part of me that feels like this is wrong. Like they should have just not held a Masters. You don't do it in the fall because it isn't the Masters. Like the Masters about like all of like the lush green, and now it's like. It doesn't feel right. It just doesn't mm-hmm. feel right. And like, don't yeah, get me wrong, I'm excited. I'm gonna watch every minute of it, but it doesn't,
0: I don't know. There's there's the some kids on your lawn, you better go out like there
1: it. and yell at them to get off of it.
0: <laughs> you know what you Someday. know what does feel right to get back on track yeah. is the Cleveland Browns backfield because Nick Chubb has been restored. This is going to be <laughs> like Throwing a match in the outside in the Colorado summer, it's gonna be an explosive debate. Are we buying That's Nick fair. Chubb coming back? Are we selling Kareem Hunt? Let the great debate begin.
1: Kareem Hunt was still viable when Nick Chubb was there to start the <laughs> season. I don't. I see no issue here, man.
0: I, I think instead of guy, your um your name there should say Kareem
1: Hunt was still viable before Nick Chubb got into it. <laughs> yeah, and just go all the way to here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Henry, um obviously not selling on Kareem Hunt. I think that would be premature, all jokes aside. Um, you agree with that? And are you buying Nick Chubb? What if you were to target Nick Chubb, what could you even try to give an owner who's been holding on?
2: I mean, you'd have to give up quite a bit. Like, I, I am buying both of them. As, as much as I would love to, like, say some terrible things about Kareem Hunt on this podcast. Yeah. The truth is, like, Cleveland's offense is fifth in the league in rushing yards. They're fourth in yards per carry. It is very obvious what they want to do, and that's yeah. run the football. They've shown that they can sustain the two running backs. It helps that they're both receiving threats as well, especially Kareem Hunt, and so you're not even just... Trying to pull from the rushing yards pool. The easy answer is both these guys are going to be just fine. Maybe there's like a little dip, but you're you're going to want to keep them in your lineup. You haven't even um, mentioned
1: the fact that OBJ is out for the season too, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's opening up opportunities honestly that possible. might even
2: hurt them. Like I I don't really love that. Like I guess it means they'll run the ball more, but it also means like more packed boxes. I don't think it means more reps for them at receiver. That's
1: ah, possible. I was going to say think. Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt has been running routes out there. And you, you've you still got uh, Jarvis Landry and Rashad Higgins. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, it, it, just, you? Yeah. I am
2: very confident in both of these running backs. And so I kind of just don't want anything to change. Because yeah. what is happening isn't necessarily always working for the Browns. But it's definitely working for these running backs in fantasy football. And so any of those little things... It might help, not worth the risk, but obviously we don't get to choose whether OBJ gets hurt. Um, but yeah, in terms of what you have to trade to get uh, a-, a Kareem Hunt, that's tough. I mean, uh, I wonder are ch- targeting, targeting a chub either actor. way, like like because mm. we don't know what to expect when he gets back. He's also kind of an unknown, and I think that you need to have some sort of risk. I'm not sure for safe running backs. Like, I don't think you give up
0: Chris Carson for him. Um, James Robinson, Todd Gurley.
2: James Robinson's an interim name. I think Todd Gurley, if you can trade Todd Gurley for Kareem Hunt, you have to do it. Or Chubb. Yeah, or
1: Chubb. From a trade composition standpoint. Are you guys ever making trades one for one same position like this? Wouldn't you be trading like a cross position? Like you'd you'd have a team that has, you know, they're rich at wide receiver and need Mm -hmm. running backs. Then you have a team that Mm -hmm. is rich at running back and need wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones where you're going to see like cross positional. But like two teams, when are they ever inclined to trade with each other when they both, like, you're not going to do a one for one positional trade i don't feel like it's so like in terms of like a if i'm looking to get a nick chubb like i'm looking at trading either you say like a tight end a quarterback or a wide receiver yeah. so it's something like a, you know let's go back to travis fulgum travis fulgum for nick chubb Oof. a guy who's not
0: doing it not doing know. it,
1: even for positional scarcity?
0: It depends on my depth. That, Again, course, yeah. if you're hurting at yeah. running back it things like depth. this,
1: you have to take yeah. into account. Yeah. Like me this week, I've got, oh my God, I'm getting wrecked by the bye this upcoming week with the Chiefs out. And uh, there's another team I forget. but
0: Like if you had Hayden Hurst maybe at tight end who just coming off a nice week. Mm-hmm.
1: I believe yeah. they're going on by, are they not?
0: Well, even reason more to... No, yeah. I guess that's reason less to sell him. Hmm. Yeah, I guess Nick Chubb, it's kind of like, well, you're kind of stuck. Uh, it doesn't make for a great debate on the pod, but I think the correct answer is no, you kind of stay put on both these guys, which is just fine. Emmanuel Sanders, on the other hand, back from injury, has a nice week. Are we buying that Emmanuel Sanders can keep this up after coming back? Yeah. Um, and kind of get back to what he was pre-injury?
2: I'm tempted to. I'm really tempted to. I mean, you you look at the offense and you're like, this should work better than it has. I think Michael Thomas coming back, It. I mean, I think that helps Emmanuel Sanders as much as it helps anybody. I think yeah. that that just opens things up for him so much. Um, but I don't know. I, I I think my thing is I expected emmanuel sanders to come in and just be a consistent option as a vet but you're almost seeing like traquan smith be more of that guy where emmanuel sanders is kind of just like showing up sometimes and kind of touchdown dependent so i don't think i can take emmanuel sanders
0: but last four starts uh, 15.6, 15.3, 24.2, 13.8. Really? Now, there's a three weeks where he had the bye and was out for injury. But in PPRs, he is producing while he is touchdown dependent. That's, yeah, that's a trick Smith.
1: Mm-hmm. What has Traquan Smith done?
0: He made a couple of plays this time oh, out. Oh, I know. I and then the there was that numbers. little speedy guy who looked really impressive, yeah. too. Um, So, no, you wouldn't think, but Emmanuel Sanders has quietly been quite productive, averaging 13.7 in full PPRs. So, um, that's why I wanted to bring him up as a potential buy candidate. Another guy who's kind of been um, creeping up, and I asked about this last week. You guys kind of said no, but Curtis Samuel, 11.4, 17.3, 21.4, 26.8. I wouldn't expect the 20s, but as a flex play at wide receiver, he's been kind of nice. We bind, we bind both these guys as kind of being able to sustain.
1: Well, I mean, we're going to have to see what happens with uh, Christian McCaffrey's most recent injury, which I believe yeah. is his shoulder day he's to day evaluated, Yeah. Day yeah. to day. So it's not something he'll be out for a long period of time with, but mm-hmm. I think that they're starting Matt rule is he's not a dummy. And I think that he's starting to realize that he has something in Curtis Samuel that, while not the same thing as Christian McCaffrey offsets the loss of Christian McCaffrey yeah. and in his stead, he's able to produce. So I think that Curtis Samuel for the foreseeable future, I think he's viable, man.
2: Yeah. I think that what we're really seeing is that Curtis Samuel and Mike Davis combined do a pretty good job of being Christian McCaffrey. Like obviously you can't just replace him, but the, the little bit of physicality that you lose with Curtis Samuel in the backfield, you get that back with Mike Davis um, I really like Curtis Samuel running the ball. And do do? Do the problem do do? is, unless you're in like a point per rushing attempt league, he's getting you two points. I guess he did get a couple of touchdowns throughout the course of the season, but that's 25% of the time you're getting a rushing touchdown. You're typically getting about one point from the rushing yards. It's, it's not like it is with running backs where there's a whole bunch of added value if If you're receiving running back, it almost feels like having so much of your skill set as a receiver tied up in your ability to run the ball it, it's almost like a waste for fantasy purposes, and for that reason, I think I'm still staying away, even though you know he, he did have a really good week, and he's had a couple of those. I'm buying both those guys
0: um Evan Ingram, do we buy no. he is finally scoring touchdowns has nope. picked it up? No. no, not for a second, huh.
1: No. I think that that was just, um, I don't know. I'm not going to say he got lucky necessarily, but... Sure. Man, I've watched him drop passes this season. They hit him right in the goddamn hands. And there's been games where I forgot he was even on the field. I mean, I've had him all season. This is like, while I'm glad that he's doing something right now, I don't trust this to be, um, you know...
0: You say take Something advantage of that him.
1: touchdown try to sell him while you can. If you if can. someone's willing to buy him, yeah, sure. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm
0: So so I
2: cut I just like straight up dropped Evan Ingram after like week 5 I maybe. I wish I could have.
1: Yeah.
2: Right around there. And I I can't say I regret it yet. You know, especially because Uh, that's not a PPR league. And I think that's where Evan Ingram probably has the most value just because with the weapons that the giants have, they are just forced to throw him the ball a lot. He has 10 targets in each of his last two games. And sure. He only has five catches on each of those, but that's five points that if you're getting that pretty much every week, just in terms of the catches, which I think is fair to expect going forward, you just need another like 20 yards and you're up to tight end, Nine, ten tight end range for sure, if you get a touchdown, then he's way up there. And so I think this year with so few really good tight ends, I'm not sure if I go out of my way to get Evan Ingram, but I do think that he's going to be much more product or not much more productive, but he he'll continue to be like a, the decent depth option that he's been the last few weeks.
0: He's the one I'm most torn out of these. Um mm. because you're right, he's getting the touches and yeah, he's not playing great, but he's getting the touches and I mean, the talent's there, so I don't know. I mean, it, I guess it depends on how desperate you are at tight end. Without and what the, the touchdown,
1: he's is. useless, though. The touchdown is what saved that week, but without it, I mean. Yeah.
0: What yeah. is it, nine points? Yeah. It would have nine been 9.8.
1: 9. Well, without the catch that goes along with that, it's a good that
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess, but he was also due for a touchdown at some point. That is um, true
1: as well.
2: But can you count on that moving forward? I think you can count on those five, six catches a game.
0: And that's just a nice baseline
2: for a tight end at this point.
0: Yeah. Mm. Um, Okay, moving on, I have a question. But first, Will Fuller, Deshaun Watson, is now the time to sell. They only can beat the Jaguars. Yeah, they're producing (sighs) fantasy-wise, but this playoff schedule is brutal because it's the Colts twice and Bears twice, if you're a playoff team and you've been riding Deshaun Watson or you've benefited from Will Fuller... would you
1: say, they play the Bears twice?
0: Uh, Colts twice, Bears once.
1: Oh, Bears once, cool.
0: So, I mean, that's, that's two premier defenses as they've performed, even for fantasy standards. Is now the time to take advantage of this win this big week from both and try to, try to sell?
1: That's a good question. Uh, I would say yes, but they're also like, like, I'm not sure what you'd be able to get.
0: Yeah, I know. for fair value for value. Yeah.
1: yeah. Deshaun I might hold on to, but Will Fuller's probably worth selling, especially because of the injury factor there too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. My thing with Deshaun Watson, and really any quarterback, is, you know, if they're not doing what Kyler Murray's doing, or what Russell Wilson's doing. The difference between, I mean, Deshaun Watson, 23 points per game. That's ninth, I think, among quarterbacks. Um, You jump down another nine spots or so. No, another 15 spots or so, and those guys are still getting 19 points per game. You're giving up three points per game, which, you know, is, is significant. But I think that you are definitely paying for the name a little bit with Deshaun Watson, Whereas you could just be streaming somebody instead dropping probably those three points, but maybe picking those up with whoever you're able to get for Deshaun Watson.
0: Yeah. So yes, flip them. But then for what becomes the tougher question. And then we add a similar question, which is what would be fair trade value for Chris Godwin listener trying to get rid of Chris Godwin. And I would say Fulgham. That would be one starting spot.
1: If I had Fulgham, I would not trade him for Chris Godwin, I can tell you that much. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, it, also, I don't know if, like, after the game that Tom Brady just had, I don't know if you're going to get fair value for Chris Godwin right now. This isn't yeah. really the right time to be selling. Might be the right time to buy if you can get him for less it than Fulgham. He
0: 23 points his last game, which was two weeks ago.
1: Right. But, but yeah, he's been you're out right. With, He's been it out with injury up. and he's, he's mm-hmm. not getting you points when he's injured. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, he had a dud this week mm-hmm. when.
0: uh whole offense had a dud, yeah.
1: Right. But that's also, yeah. I mean, if Tom Brady's oh, is going to continue concerning. to play that way, yes. then he's no, not going to get his points. You're
0: exactly right. So you um, could
1: potentially buy low, but I don't think he's worth selling right now if you own him. Because I own him. Like I'm, not, I'm not trying to sell him right now.
0: Christian Kirk, Brandon Ayuk. He's yeah, would take, too low.
1: I would, Well, I would probably take both of those guys. This is getting too. down. This is getting down to the point where, if you're like a five and fourteen trying to make the playoffs, you have to win every single week, and you can't mm-hmm. be like, you can't be holding on to Chris Godwin because you're like, oh, in two, three weeks he might be back and he might be back to his same self. You need those points like right now. You need them yeah. this week, and you have to make the playoffs before you can start thinking about, oh, this is his playoff schedule. This is what he could do for me in a couple weeks' time. You have to start winning right now if you're in that position. So. Yeah, if you're like a 7 and 2 team, 8 and 1, whatever, then yeah, you can probably you can you can mine these sorts of uh I don't know long plays. But if you're if you're in a position where you're trying to salvage your season as a 4 and 5, 5 and 4, even a 6 and 3 if you're in if you're in a tough time right now, you have to win. So I think he's he's worth like if you can get an IUK or what was the other one?
0: Uh I forgot. Oh, uh, Iuke or Christian Kirk.
1: Yeah, Christian Kirk. Dude, Christian Kirk's been...
0: Blown it up the last two weeks. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, and that that defense for the Cardinals is looking worse and worse as well. So that's another situation like Seattle where they're going to have to score a lot of points just to stay in games.
0: Yeah, that's nice. We have to move on to Would You Rather. Um, I'm going to start with one that is... Not really going to be all that applicable as far as fantasy trades, but I think it's a nice uh, thought process because these are the only four flex players who are averaging over 25 points per game in full PPRs. This group of elite talents is Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Devontae Adams, Alvin Kamara. For the rest of the year, who would you rather out of those four? Pick one.
1: Say it again. Crazy. Alvin Kamara, Devonte Adams, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook. Uh, I would put Alvin Kamara as number one. Easy. Who's
0: averaging the least amount of points of the four? Which I thought was kind of crazy.
1: Right, but how many games has Christian McCaffrey played? And he's re-injured, mm-hmm. so he's not someone. Mm-hmm. If you if yep. you look at straight averages, that's all well and good. But you also need yep. that guy every week. Uh, Dalvin well, Cook you're, was you're kind of like, right? he wasn't there, and then he exploded. Yep. Uh, Devontae Adams, I think he's missed a little bit of time with injuries as well. Is he's that correct? He's exploding. Yep, yeah, he's, he's exploding, games. yes. But I think that Alvin Kamara has shown the most consistency.
0: No, I know. But who do you want going forward? Not Alvin who Kamara. gets
1: the award for best fantasy player in the first but I'm just rationalizing why I'm making that decision. So, yes, Alvin Kamara thing. has the lowest like average. But I would take him because of his consistency.
2: I would take Devontae Adams. I think that what he's doing right now is just special. I mean, 173 receiving yards this week, three touchdowns the week before 196 receiving yards the week before that, like ever since he's come back from this injury. And and it's not like he was bad before week one of the season. It was 14 of 17 for 156 yards. And then he got hurt in the next game. Like he is putting up an insane amount of production with
0: Adams has played six games Four. Over 30 points in full PPRs.
2: It's just absurd. I, I think at this point, especially in that offense, like this is the perfect storm. This could not be better. Like you have a unanimous top five receiver. I think his claim that he's the best in the league is very fair. I think he has as good a claim as anybody at that spot. With Aaron Rodgers doing what Aaron Rodgers is still doing, no other receiving threats, a healthy running game, to like just keep things on track, I I think Devontae Adams is going to have a big second half of the
0: season.
1: Is that a healthy running game? Aaron Jones isn't back yet. Jamal Williams has been out with COVID. Yeah. You mean healthy I mean,
0: as far as produ- productive? Yeah. I mean,
2: they'll be just fine. I mean, it, it might take a week or two for them to get back, but obviously that hasn't even hurt his production.
0: I want to say Dalvin Cook, but the, produ- the per game production of Devontae Adams is. Oh, man, tough to deny, and you're right. I mean, Kamara's been absolutely insane so far this year.
1: If you take into account positional scarcity, I think I would value these running both running backs higher than both wide receivers as well as both receivers are playing.
2: Yeah, I that's fair. Would... If you're thinking like, if he's not there, then we're gonna have to be pulling a running back and so from somewhere else to set a receiver from somewhere else. But just straight across no, I'm just
1: talking like, in fantasy, like think about how many injuries there have been in fantasy and how you've been needing running backs. Yeah, if you and, have and then, one of those top like five guys at running back, you're so much more set. We're talking about like Christian Kirk is coming on and having good games right now, and he's a guy you could have gotten off your waiver wires as soon as like two weeks ago. There are guys that are I mean, producing very well, like Curtis Samuel again, producing very well, and he's technically a wide receiver. There, I think there, the the difference in point per game between like the top five and like, say like the the mid wide receiver twos right now is closer than your top five running backs and whatever the hell there is left from ten to twenty there. Yeah, yeah I think. It-
0: Obviously, the gap between Devontae Adams as wide receiver one and the next wide receiver is much steeper than the gap between running back DK one. And, yeah, McCaffrey's I mean, it's a, a well, six-point I mean. difference versus, you know, a one-point difference between Cook and Christian McCaffrey. Um, so, I mean, frame from that. But, yeah, I mean, that's a good point, too. There's no wrong answer. All these guys are elite, but I thought that was just a fun thought process to do the would you rathers the west of the would you rathers i'm trying to focus on some waiver wire decisions so uh we've only got eight minutes we got to be speedy about this the count sent us a riddle that we're saving for the thursday episode um and that's where we'll focus on more questions but hit us up with any of those at the end of this and we'll try to get to those quickly as well would you rather though richie james who broke out with the 49ers used to be a fantasy stud when I was playing college fantasy football, Curtis Samuel, KJ Hamler, or Christian Kirk?
1: Are we ranking these in order, or you can only choose one?
0: Uh, Whichever you prefer, frankly. You want to rank them, you want to choose one. It's My a 1A, one.
1: 1B are Christian Kirk and Curtis Samuel. I would have... Oh, man, I'd probably have Richie yeah. James as number three there. But... Oh, I
0: yeah, I I I love Samuel, but it probably does have to be Kirk, right? Yeah. I don't know, man. Oh, does Richie James tempt me?
1: He's tempting, but it, he had one game. That's like the no, ultimate course, like low sample size right there.
0: But when you play that well, you're not just gonna vanish, you know? Like you he's probably earned a, a few more touches in these next few weeks. But no, you're right. I think Samuel clearly ahead, Kirk clearly ahead, even Hamler. Um,
2: You could make a strong case for KJ Hamler. Like, I don't think that you could justify actually taking him. Like, you just need to see a big game before you can buy in. But as soon as he does have, like, that breakout week where he does put up, like, 18 points, 17 points something like that I will be pretty quick to say he has made it just because like he he does everything that you need to do to keep him on the field like he's obviously like the speed threat which is very valuable he's a very good blocker which is kind of crazy when you look at him but that is valuable so like he's going to be on the field he looks like he's just a step away from everything clip clicking and there's room in that offense for somebody but yeah like Christian Kirk is kind of just what kj hamler could turn into if that right. doesn't
0: happen right
2: curtis right. samuel
1: just looking at his last four games that he's played 11.4 17.3 21.4 26.8 so that's just it's trending nice up yeah. which yeah really i makes. i like to see that um i like to see something a little bit more consistent in a direction where you can see they're getting in more involved rather than something that's like up and down like this or just like you know like so are you
0: leaning this. samuel then or sticking yeah. with Kirk. No, Are would, you just
1: take No, I would say Curtis Samuel and then mm. Christian Kirk. Yeah. I still like it's a one A, one B situation. I still like Christian Kirk. But there's something to be about a nice, just steady increase in production and involvement in an offense that makes me feel more confident moving forward that there will be consistency with that. Whereas if you see a guy that it's like, you know, if, if it jumps around, it's like, okay, maybe that was matchup dependent. Maybe, you know, a certain guy was out with an injury, something yeah. like that. Whereas, like, when you see the guy just yeah, the you know. increasing. Right. Yeah. Am I That's, crazy
2: for thinking Christian McCaffrey coming back kind of helps him, like, gets him out of the backfield and lets him go run more routes? Like, particularly, I guess, in PPR leagues. Production wise, it we did. Catch a ball. Yeah. I mean, I guess we do have some numbers. This week, production wise, it did,
1: as his best. It's a game, one week sample size, but, yeah. but
0: yeah. That's right. One-week sample size can't do much of that. Well, that's why these would-you-rathers are interesting. We got to kind of call our shot on some stuff that's going to require some small sample size analysis. Um, This is an interesting would-you-rather. Ryan Nall, backup running back in Chicago. David Montgomery, concussion protocol. Don't quite know his status. Kalen Balaj, Justin Jackson gets kicked out of that game. He was ruled back in but never played against. The Colorado native looked really good for the Chargers. Duke Johnson, as a guy alluded at the top of the show, that's the D. Johnson he was talking about in the Texans' backfield. Not David, who is also in the concussion protocol, if I'm not mistaken. Or Brian Hill. Yeah, yeah. No injuries for Brian Hill in front of him. But, boy, he looks so good. I swear to you it's just a matter of time before he takes over for more carries in Atlanta. So Ryan Nall, Kalen Balage, Duke Johnson, Brian Hill, go. Who would you rather?
1: I'm putting Belage at the bottom, which Ooh. I don't. I don't think you want to hear that. Um, I do not. But I think that there's there's just so many guys there between there's Justin Jackson, there's Joshua Kelly, um, Eckler's gonna come Pope. back. Yeah. What about Pope? Yeah. And I mean Pope. It, he got he knocked kind of out.
0: They're Pope. But, yeah.
1: I mean maybe that specific week, but it was like I don't know Pope. Pope when to they me, were looks playing the more Broncos, like they're
0: receiving back.
1: Yeah, but when they were playing the Broncos, he was pretty involved until he got knocked out by yeah. uh, Kareem Jackson, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I just there's so much uncertainty in Los Angeles for me. So.
0: Oh, okay, uh, Henry, who do you who are you considering yeah. as guy moves this over?
1: Um, what were, were the mean, other
0: guys? I told and... you we don't have much time. We've got like two minutes here. Ryan Nall, right. Kalen Bellage, Duke Johnson, Brian right. Hill. Who are you picking up? I think I take Brian Hill. Brian He's Hill, putting yeah. up the numbers, plus there's always
2: the threat of an injury in front of him that can make him even Love more valuable. Love the talent
0: of Brian Hill. Love that. Uh, we're going to hit questions. I'll get back to some of these other would-you-rathers for the Tuesday pod. We can maybe talk some Tua versus Drew Locke. That'll be fun. If Jerry Judy's production is sustainable, lots of good stuff. But hit us with the questions first, Cale. Let's get into that. And then subscribe to the pod feed so you can find that Thursday podcast. DMVR Fantasy. Drop one PPR. Ayuk, Mike Davis, Moore, Lamb, Hollywood. Hollywood. Not Ayuk. I'm not Hollywood. ready to give up on Mike Davis either. I can't drop Mike Davis. It's yeah, it's Hollywood. You're right. You're right. It's so. Hollywood. Yep. Perfect. Next question: Would you guys trade Zeke for Kenyon Drake, Cooks, and Fuller? Ooh, yes, I would. Uh, he has Kareem and Eckler. As his other backs, but
1: it's still, it, if you're getting three guys, there's two that you have to drop. So I kind of have to see who those two are that you're dropping.
0: Right, right. But
1: I would tend to at least say yes on this.
0: Yeah. When's Drake coming back? I would love to know that. Um, but yeah, like that deal at face value, I would absolutely do. I just want to make sure you're not dropping two dudes who are actually more valuable than Zeke right now. Um. He's got
2: he's got two running backs for the stretch, though. Zeke does seem like a luxury. Kenyon Drake, total wild card. But having those two other receivers, I think that has to upgrade at least one of those spots.
1: It's crazy that Kenyon Drake being out, I thought Chase Edmonds would produce a lot more, and they put him right back in that Kenyon Drake role where he's not, like, that's not what he was built to do. Um, So this speaks more to me about, like, just coaching scheme than actual talent. So Kenyon Drake, even when he comes back, I'm not really confident that he can be what he was last season when he was playing in a different role.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like it. If we don't have any other questions, we are going to hit up those questions for the Thursday pod. I remind you get into your podcast app, subscribe to the DMBR fantasy feed, and if you would give us a review like this video subscribe to our YouTube channel, give this a thumbs up. That really helps us out as well. I thank you. For joining us. Um, I thank you guys for entertaining all my questions. We will be back soon. Best of luck on your waiver claims. See you soon.